Good morning. It is Monday, December 18th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off and Ethan Hatcher joining us in the studio. Good morning, Ethan. Hey, oh, good morning, Casey. Hey, let's talk about this new poll. It's uh, a CBS News poll, YouGov poll. And in it, it says that uh, Donald Trump still leading in New Hampshire. However, Nikki Haley consolidated a lot of the non-Trump vote and has emerged as the top alternative for him, from him. Isn't that strange? I think the polling data for her has to be off. She's tanked most of the debate. She's wildly unpopular. And after that social media debacle, mm-hmm. I can't believe anybody would be on board with voting for your mom for president. Oh, well, everybody needs to know what's going on in your social media, darling. You need to have accountability. <laughs> you need to have accountability. We want your pastor to see what you say. Is that when she lost you? Hey, yes. She, she'd already <laughs> lost me before when she said she wanted, like, bombing Iran isn't enough. You know who we need to bomb? Mm-hmm. Mexico, too. And I'm like, whoa, Nikki, let, let's let's cool it with the, the, the war hawk angle here, you know? Uh, apparently, though, the people in New Hampshire are liking what she's saying. She gets the best marks on being seen as likable and reasonable. Likable? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe compared to Vivek, at least in the, uh, debate number four. What about Vaughn? Mm-hmm. Why Why does nobody want to hop on board with the success of Florida? This is a real head scratcher to me. Mm-hmm. But what, whatever, fine. Let's bomb Iran. Let's bomb yep. Mexico. Uh, she's bomb also, the drug cartels. She's also being seen as prepared. Isn't that something, though? Reasonable and likable. Reasonable. I think that's the- smoking too much grass in New Hampshire is the only thing I can conclude because they're a libertarian state. Uh, Trump also uh, consolidating his lead in Iowa. So let's review some of these questions. This is what uh, people are asked. And this is for the 24 Republican primary, primary as a whole. Who would you vote for today? Donald Trump sitting at 44 percent. Nikki Haley at 29. Ron DeSantis at 11 Chris Christie at 10. Chris Christie at 10. What? Vivek at 5. And and here's something. Asa Hutchison still showing up on the poll. He dropped out. Well, he's within He doesn't the, even want the gig. He's within the margin of error though. It's, yeah. it's 1%. Okay, so <laughs> so in Iowa, they were asked about the caucus, who would you vote for today? So this is specifically in Iowa. Donald Trump with a commanding lead, 48%, followed by Ron DeSantis, who is in second place at 22%, and then Nikki Haley at 13%. She's doing very well in New Hampshire. She's not doing as well in Iowa. The Democrats have no one but themselves to blame for Trump's prominence because Mm. they continue to focus on him Mm -hmm. for the entire duration of Biden's presidency. That was the moment for Democrats to move on, but they needed a big, bad, scary orange man to focus uh, focus our attention on, and they pursued him uh, unequally with the Justice Department. Several ridiculous cases, including, uh, you know, those misvaluations of his property or the the hush money payments to Stormy Daniels absolutely preposterous, absurd, and obscene, and they have done this. They have increased his prominence among Republican voters because of the way that they have gone after them and given him all the free press. Okay, so this is in New Hampshire. They were asked, uh, who would you describe as prepared? And the voters said Donald Trump at 54%, followed by Nikki Haley at 53 
3%. Now, of course, Donald Trump should come in first place. He actually was the president. That makes sense. That makes so sense. He, he knows what the job takes, right? But her, of course, is the former UN ambassador, 53%, uh, followed by DeSantis, Ramaswamy, and Christie. Now, you know who'd make a great president? Former UN ambassador. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that no. makes her prepared. Now, here's no. where things really flip. Described as likable. Now, what do you want? Do you want somebody who's likable or do you want somebody who's a good leader? But if you look at likability, Nikki Haley slays 55% in the first position. Yeah. And then Ron DeSantis and then Vivek Ramaswamy and then Donald Trump. So do these people actually listen to the words that come out of her mouth or is it just that she's pretty enough to distract them? Hmm. Because <laughs> I don't think she's likable, but I also pay attention to what she says. So uh, described as reasonable, they also put Nikki Haley in the first place at 51%, followed by Ron DeSantis and then Donald Trump. So Donald Trump, according to these voters, is not likable and not reasonable either. What do they, they think is unreasonable about Ron DeSantis? That, that I would love to drill in on that with, with the respondents to this poll, which unfortunately we can't talk to them. Okay, but see, like, when we're talking about a strong leader, Donald Trump again at 66%, he's on top, followed yeah. by DeSantis, followed by Nikki Haley. So Nikki Haley scoring very well in being likable and reasonable. But when you say, okay, who's a strong leader? She's in third place again. And isn't that what we're voting well, for Donald anyway? Trump, Donald Trump was a strong leader, except when it came to COVID, but otherwise largely successful presidency. Okay, so Steve Bannon, he thinks that Donald Trump should shrug, shrug off the uh, hype around Tucker Tucker Carlson being a potential VP pick. And he says that uh, Donald Trump is going to pick a woman as his running mate in 24. So uh, let's hear from Steve Bannon and then take a look at the list. So let's just start with Tucker Carlson. Would he make a good vice president? I think Tucker would make a great vice president. I just don't Why? Think, you know, well, because I, I, I think he's got a, a very clear vision of what MAGA and America First are. He, he's got a very clear vision of the of the politics, of the policies of it. He's savvy in politics. And he's got something that's so important in today is the ability to communicate. Trump shows us more than anything. The ability to communicate those ideas to a mass audience is very important now. If you ask me, he was a, a likely candidate now. I don't think so because I am I am adamant or not adamant. My thinking is very structured that I believe President Trump will have a female as the yes. Vice President. Thank you, thank I, you, I, thank so you. When people pitch Tim Scott and, and Carson, who I love, Tim Scott's a good man. Tucker, these are, I said they're all terrific, but I think we got to start looking at that list of ten people that are females. And I think President Trump so give me that list. Well, I think it's people like, well, this is why I think it's very important for America First to make sure it ain't Nikki Haley. Mm. Okay, so who is on the list if they're considering a woman as a vice president running mate with Donald Trump? I sure hope it's not MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Nope, Christy or- Nome is on the list. Okay, okay. Uh, 52-year-old, two-year, two-term governor uh, from the Dakotas. Let's see, um, she's got a good understanding of the MAGA movement, came out of the Tea Party, right? Did Lauren Boebert make the list? Uh, let's see, Elise Stefanik is on the list. Nancy Mace is on the list. You've got Carrie Lake. Uh, no. Kim Reynolds, which surprises me that somebody would even consider putting Kim Reynolds on this list, governor of Iowa, because she has endorsed Ron DeSantis. 
Uh, so that to me doesn't make a whole lot of <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, that wouldn't make much sense. <laughs> um, but uh, Vivek Ramaswamy actually overtaking Carrie Lake as a preferred VP pick, according to voters in New Hampshire. Vivek counts as a woman? <laughs> no, but if you were to say, you know, who do you want? Just blanket without okay. taking gender into it. Uh, a lot of people say that they want Vivek Ramaswamy to be considered. I think Vivek wants Vivek to be considered think, as well. Yes, I think he would very much like that. Now, what do you think about the possibility, and I know this wasn't mentioned, but of Sarah Huckabee Sanders mm. as a VP powerhouse for Donald Trump? Like, they had a successful uh, partnership with her as the press secretary, mm-hmm. and the vice president needs to be effective at messaging, so wouldn't that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Sitting governor? Except she just got into that position, right? Like, doesn't she owe the people of Arkansas a little bit more time? Oh, isn't that adorable? Uh, we've seen so many <laughs> of these elected officials completely <laughs> abandon the voters to pursue higher political ambition. Okay, so uh, Ron DeSantis is arguing with Nikki Haley, and he says that she owes it to voters to tell them whether she would accept an offer from Donald Trump to be his running mate. There's a reason why they spend money against me. Haley and Trump spend money against me. He has not spent any money against her, and she has not spent any money against him. She will not answer directly, and she owes you an answer to this. Will she accept a vice presidential nomination from Donald Trump? Yes or no? And I can tell you under any circumstance, I will not accept that, because that's not why I'm running. Um, I'm running. I'm running to, for for the nomination and to be president, and I'm totally fine. Um, you know, I'd rather be governor than vice president. No question. I can do more for my state in this country without question. So you're going to see that. Well, that's very convenient for him to say because he also wouldn't be offered the position of vice right, president. Exactly. I will humbly turn that. Like, I yeah, won't you are do be- that. So we're Nick, picked anyway. No, but Nikki Haley, uh, she's not. She hasn't said anything. She hasn't come out and said anything like that. She's not ruling it out, and um, she's saying, you know, she's the only candidate that can actually beat Trump. Although I don't know if she has enough support among the core Trump Republicans, the MAGA group. So is this Republicans potentially dabbling in identity politics if their only qualifier is the vice presidential is a woman Mm -hmm. and not based on the content of her policy? And isn't that scary territory? Because isn't that the administration we currently have? Yeah, bingo. Hello, let's not go there. Didn't didn't do as very good to get Kamala. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the fifth debate is coming up in Des Moines and it's going to be held five days before the Iowa caucuses. Um, Will Donald Trump show up? Governor DeSantis was on this program last night. He wants to debate you one-on-one right here on this program. What would your answer be? Well, I've debated him four times. I love debates. I have no issue with that. But quite honestly, Sean, the person I want to debate is Donald Trump. If you can get him on your show, that's who I want to debate. That's who we're looking at. That's who's, you know, we're second place in Iowa, second place in New Hampshire, second place in South Carolina. Donald Trump's the one we're looking in the windshield. And that's the one that I think needs to get up on the debate stage. I think you'd be great at it. I welcome you to try and put get that together. Um, but that's our focus right now is getting Donald well, Trump on a debate stage. Any deb- okay, so she keeps saying that she's in second place everywhere. You know what second place is, though. First, <laughs> yeah. first place loser. Right. Yeah. It is 17 after 10. It is the Kendall and Casey show. It's 93 WIBC. Santa Claus is coming 
20 minutes after 10, it is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels, Rob Kendall with the day off, but Ethan Hatcher joining us in the studio. Did you see this? It's a new Netflix documentary that's coming out, and in it, former professional women's soccer player Megan Rapinoe claimed that playing for the women's national team was, quote, the worst job in the world. What an ungrateful sea hag to no have been kidding. rained with praise for the mere fact of her existence and to go out on such a low note, missing the game-winning goal. Mm-hmm, the penalty kick. And then say, well, it was the worst job. Screw you, lady. Uh-huh. She said, uh, she always says that it's the worst job in the world because if you do your job, then that's what you were supposed to do. But if you miss it by one hair less then you're going to get lambasted for it. Yes, because all you're expected to do is perform at an exceptional <laughs> level in sports. That's what you signed up for. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people are not um, so disappointed in, well, yeah, disappointed in her performance, but it's the way she acted. Because afterwards, in that post-game press conference, she said, I'm not a religious person or anything, and if there was a God, like this would be proof that there isn't. What, that she missed a penalty kick? Talk about uh, victimhood. Wouldn't be the first time people prayed on the outcome of a sports game. (laughs) So, but the the question is then, what's up with this... uh, you know, Netflix documentary. Like, who wants to watch that? Someone whining about how they lost a game and then want to blame it on everybody else but themselves and then claim, it's the worst job in the world. Well, it's probably going to be one of these things that they use as a tax write-off. They put it out there and then yank it off the internet because it underperforms so badly. Mm -hmm. It's better to not have it be present and waste the uh, processing space than to uh, put it on the market. Like, I I don't know. Okay, let's talk about what's going on with this new McDonald's spinoff brand called Cos. Mix. Uh, they're saying it likely it's it's going after Starbucks. That's yeah, the target. Yeah, that's the goal. But will it accomplish it? I'm already overpaying for coffee at Starbucks, and mm-hmm. McDonald's is pure crap. So are we really going to be uh, exchanging? Especially if you would assume that they're uh, that they want a similar price point. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're probably going to be charging a similar price. And I'm not. I'm just not going to go to a McDonald's. And what a uh, quirky little theme they've got going on. Cosmix. I guess it's based off of a robot character they'd introduced. Back in the 1980s, so yep. it's going to have an out, you know, interstellar theme going on. Yeah. Okay. So, well, they're kind of they're trying to lean into their mascots because you know the the grimace purple shake was successfully you know it was wi- wildly successful. Everybody over the knows past grimace year. though, right? So, do you remember this this cosmic character that they're talking about? It was uh, appeared in advertisements in the 80s and 90s. Well, I wasn't alive in the 80s and I was, you know, just born in 92, so he'd already been <laughs> largely phased out. Yep, uh, outer space character who craved McDonald's food. So that's where they came up with Cosmic. But yeah, they're they're trying to go after the afternoon pick-me-up customized coffee drinker or somebody who wants a quick snack. Um and so you're right. The prices aren't going to be much cheaper than Starbucks, but there's they're saying it's going to be quicker service. So you're not going to have to wait in the long line of the, you know, uh, soy latte, half dash, caramel, macchiato. That must be know. a big city problem because usually Starbucks, you're in and out, you know, through the drive through unless you hit at like peak time. Mm-hmm. Well, they're claiming that it's a hundred billion dollar category in the fast food world well, they're tr- and it's growing. 
They're, so this is opportunity for McDonald's to expand their brand. Well, they're also trying to um, pick up on some of their lost revenue during the down times mm-hmm. because the early afternoons is the lowest uh, uh, traffic times for most McDonald's, but it's high traffic time for coffee shops. Right. So they're trying to get that income as right. well. And I just don't think that uh, 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 McDonald's Starbucks experience is what most consumers are after, although McDonald's is the biggest uh, fast food brand in the world. So what do I know? Um, I'm they not, do... Uh, they're going to be offering some of their fast food options with the, you the know, flavored a, a, coffee. With the flavored coffee, mm-hmm. but it's a more limited, concentrated menu. I don't care how limited it is. I don't want chicken McNuggets or a chicken sandwich with my Starbucks coffee. This is a gross flavor combination. What's wrong with you, McDonald's? <laughs> McDonald's, obviously, with a very large footprint, but they say they're going to wait at least a year to see if they're going to expand this Cosmics further. You know, it's only going to be in a couple of markets. Well, it's starting New in New York City, Los Angeles, Illinois. It's starting in Illinois, so you can drive to a Cosmix if you really want to experience McDonald's quality coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what producer Kev thinks about this. Are you a big coffee drinker, producer Kev? Are you a fan of Starbucks, and would you seek a Cosmix as an alternative? You know, I uh, I like drinking coffee at home. Mm-hmm. I like to save a little money that sure. way. But sure. every now and then, I, I like a nice uh, a nice uh, caramel macchiato. Yeah, it's like a treat, though, right? Yeah, it's a treat. I mm-hmm. probably get that maybe twice a year. <laughs> really? That's it? Yeah. Okay. Well, the thing is, you can arguably, and I appreciate that you're a homebrew man, get a higher quality coffee experience doing the yeah. job yourself because you can get the, you know, uh, uh, Arabica beans yeah, or no. whatever whatever kind of brew you want and then customize it to your own taste. That's exactly. the true experience. Yeah, like, I've got a French press at home that oh, I, I get nice. set yeah, up. fancy and, with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually pretty simple and I like the ritual of it. So, yeah, yeah I don't want a barista making my coffee. You like to steep it in the whole thing. Yeah, so I'll pass on this cosmic thing. What is it, what's it called again? Cosmic. Kevin Cosmics. is a man of culture. Cosmics, yeah. I'll, I'll pass on it, too. I'm with you, Kevin. I'd rather have my uh, coffee from home because, well, for one, it's cheaper. Plus, I don't need all the calories from all that sugar. Yeah, that's I a mean, good point, it, too. I mean, it is like, I'm with you, Kevin. It's like a treat that, yeah. you know, you don't do all the time. All right, we were talking about Nikki Haley and how well she's doing in a lot of the polls do in New Hampshire. we have to talk about her again? Yep, we're going to talk about her again because guess what? She rolled out a new TV ad. She had, a, she had one, and... And it did not, it was not received very well. It was really kind of yeah, sleepy and boring and didn't really move the needle. So she went back to the drawing board and released this. I'll just say it. Biden's too old. And Congress is the most exclusive nursing home in America. Washington keeps failing because politicians from yesterday can't lead us into tomorrow. We need term limits, mental competency tests, and a real plan to defeat China and restore our economy. We have to leave behind the chaos and drama of the past with a new generation and a new conservative president. I'm Nikki Haley, and I approve this message. Okay, so she's going after Biden's age, and interesting, she's not attacking her competitors on the Republican, you know, in the Republican field. She's going straight for Biden in this one. So, Nikki Haley, does she scream youth vote to you? No. I'm the youth here, so mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be picking her. You were making the snoring noise. Yeah. Does that mean you didn't find that ad... You thought it was boring, huh? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting right what out of the What did you gate. like about it? Well, her very first sentence, she says, Joe Biden is too old. I think that, that was much more direct than what she has been in her previous advertising. 
Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think that's a legitimate, uh, a legitimate uh, uh, angle considering his performance, but mm-hmm. it kind of calls into question the uh, uh, selection of Donald Trump considering his age as well. And yeah, he's he's good right now, mm-hmm. but what about in four years from from now? No. Yeah. We've got your voicemails coming up. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. One seven six eight four eight four four four. Questions, comments, smart remarks with your voicemails. All are welcome. Some may be bleeped. It is thirty three minutes after ten. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on ninety three WIBC. Of course, Rob has the uh, week off. Ethan Hatcher in the studio all week long. Busy week for you. Big transition. Happy to be here. To be here every single day. It's a privilege. Good. Glad you're uh, glad you're joining us. All right. So um, Friday, I believe it was on the show, we played some audio of a dad who is teaching his son how to drive a manual vehicle. I heard that. He's driving <laughs> stick shift. Do you know how to drive a manual vehicle? I love driving manual vehicle. In fact, I bemoan my poor manual transmission uh, 2006 Chevrolet, which is stranded in Pennsylvania still and has been since <laughs> Labor Day because the transmission went out and those are in short supply right now. I miss my manual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's stranded in Pennsylvania. You're not parking it. You're abandoning it. It's been there how long? Since Labor Day. Uh-huh. Waiting for a transmission. Okay, so it's what a supply chain issue. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, and, like the fa- and the fact that a 2006 manual is a very limited availability transmission. There just mm-hmm. weren't that many of them made. Okay, so you're just waiting. Yeah. And what are you driving now? I'm driving my dad's um, Chevy Malibu. <laughs> okay. Glad you. Still Thanks have... for bailing me out, Dad. If yeah. you're listening, Thanks, I appreciate Dad. it. Okay. Um, a trucker John wanted to call and talk about uh, his experience learning how to drive a manual. I just heard the uh, the heartwarming audio of the father teaching his son how to drive stick shift. Now, I've been driving big semi-trucks for 17 years, and it's funny to me now that I'm probably really thankful, although I'm partially wishing, there was audio of the one time my father tried to teach me to drive a stick shift back when I was 15, and... I guarantee it wouldn't be that wholesome. <laughs> that you only let me. You only tried it once with me. Uh-huh. You would have had to bleep out more than three fourths of that lesson. Dang, I don't wish I could hear it myself again. <laughs> Damaged me for life. I never drove a stick shift after that, so I started driving big trucks. I had to learn it on my own. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. Sounds like dad wasn't a very good teacher. It's not too difficult to teach a manual transmission, especially just like a small vehicle. Now, Mm -hmm. the true talent is driving those big trucks. It sounds like he has it. Yeah, sounds like he he learned pretty well. Yeah, shout out Trucker John, by the way. He actually released a new song with a music video that he he? edited. So, uh, yeah, it's called... uh, what You Say Now by Heavyweight. Okay. Trucker John so is check great. that out. Uh, <laughs> uh, it doesn't sound like his dad was very patient with him. No. Perhaps. Well, sounds like his dad wasn't very patient with himself. Yeah. If you're, if you're losing your temper with your son in, in such a short exchange, like... Mm. I, I can recall that when my older sister was learning how to drive a manual, she actually pretty much ruined the clutch. 
on, on the car, you know, grinding it so many times. It can only it can only withstand that for so long until you absolutely just ruin the car. Yeah, that's expensive. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe take sis away from the manual. Yeah. Give her, give her the automatic. Well, maybe that's why uh, Trucker John's dad was losing his patience as well. Yeah. He well, knew if he, if he, he was seeing dollar signs. Dust, I, I yeah, been... he was seeing dollar signs. Take it back. Um, okay, so another transportation conversation we had uh, was about the Purple Line, still about a year away, the Indigo bus route, Red Line, been up and running, and somebody wanted to call and actually correct us about the bus usage in Indy. Just heard the show, and they were commenting about Indigo and the Red Line, the Purple Line, and the Blue Line. Uh, contrary to what one of the co-hosts said, the red line is usually packed in terms of ridership, uh, possibly since he's in the Lawrence area. It, by the time it gets out to Lawrence, uh, probably is uh, not as full. But Ruble City, it is quite full in terms of ridership. Okay, so there's also some news uh, this morning regarding Indigo. The CEO, Inez Evans, announced that uh, that's a resignation at the end of the year. Um, she plans to uh, to leave. She spent the past five years at the helm of the agency. But the uh, ridership, actually, the numbers have come down, and it, it says that the uh, people on the red line, the numbers are much farther down than where they used to be. Yeah, I would like to beg to differ with this particular listener right. and where he's getting his data from because the expectation we were sold for this red line nonsense, Indigo said, oh, it's going to be 11,000 Metro users a day. Turns out shortly after it was implemented, that dropped to nearly half of 6,000 per day and it currently rests at about 3693 riders per day mm-hmm. as of the first four months of 2023 so we have available data and it seems like it's not very popular and it's not getting used yep um public transit nationally is down down 23 percent okay we got another phone call uh somebody wanted to talk about uh the subpoena with hunter biden and uh what joe biden should have done good morning uh casey i'm not gonna say good morning to rob he's on vacation so anyway, um, I heard today, I don't know if you've reported on it yet, I've listened to your show for, for years. I heard on the news this morning that Joe Biden, just the look in his eyes and the triggers that he has um, when they talk about Hunter and the anger that builds up in him, they, he, he just wants, he cares about his son and he's worried about him. Well, why wouldn't he just fess up and say, yeah, I was involved? <laughs> financially, it'd probably be easier on him and the impeachment would go a lot smoother. Otherwise, he's just going to have to fight him tooth and nail, and eventually, I don't know how it's going to work, but, I mean, the DOJ's not going to do us any favors, but why didn't he just fess up and say, yeah, I did it, if he loves his son that much? Just say, I, Joe Biden, had ties with my son's businesses, and he paid me, and I took that money, I'm corrupt, I did stuff with that money. I laundered the money. You know, all the stuff that he's done. Why didn't he just pass up and do it? It'd be a lot easier on him than than, uh, than it could be. So that's my thought. So this is Trucker Tony signing out. See ya. Bye. 
Why won't he admit to it? Would it be easier on him? I don't think it'd be easier on him. That seems like it's making it easier for the prosecution. And of course, Biden's not going to make it easier for the opposition. No, (laughs) he can't admit to that for a few reasons. One, he's a complete and total narcissist. He would, he, it's, it's what he does. He manipulates, he gaslights, he lies. That's part of his makeup of who he is. And it would tarnish that public image of a lifelong servant they've you know they've tried to craft Mm -hmm. you know if biden just selflessly giving to the american people since 19 what was it 74 76 Mm -hmm. (laughs) 50 years that he's been in office no way he's never gonna fess up to that he'll go down fighting tooth and nail the entire way okay uh so peter ducey accidentally called president biden o biden during a press conference Uh and we got a phone call about that yeah, this is Angelo. Concerning the microwave, I don't oh. remember him mentioning a <laughs> That was the wrong phone call. I'm sorry. I did that out of order, Kevin. Uh, go ahead. You can, you can just play that one again. Uh, Ethan, you remember how we were talking about the um, microwave? Yeah, the and sensor the, and, reheat And the sensor reheat button. Mm-hmm. I looked, by the way, on my microwave. I didn't see any sort of sensor button. Does it say the sensor at the bottom? I mean, your microwave should tell you whether it has a sensor in it or not. I didn't see one. Okay. Well, yours might not be. Okay. But uh, somebody wanted to call and talk about your microwave sensor button. Yeah, this is Angelo. Concerning the microwave, I don't remember them mentioning a sensor button. I think they were talking about the reheat button. Yeah, same thing. So I might be wrong, but check it out. See you all later. Bye-bye. Okay, so you're saying the reheat button is the same? Yeah, same thing. It's using the sensor. In fact, if you uh, look at the company microwave right here Mm -hmm. in uh, uh, the the kitchen area, it says sensor reheat as well. So not all of them say exactly the same thing. If your microwave has a sensor Mm -hmm. and a reheat function, then it is sensor reheat because when you press the reheat button, it uses the sensor. Okay. All right. I do have a popcorn button. And a potato button, by the way. So, so okay, check your microwave because it might have a sensor in it. Now, if it's asking you questions like about the weight or stuff like that, then no, it doesn't have a sensor. It's just using uh, uh, averages and looking up tables uh, that are pre-programmed. Okay. Uh, all right. Now let's get to this other call about uh, when uh, Fox News' Peter Ducey accidentally called Joe Biden, oh, Biden. And by the way, I've been calling <clears throat> President Joe Biden... Oh, Biden for three years. <laughs> when you have an ex-president, Obama, visiting the White House, what, 47 times in the last three years, at least. That's why I've been calling him that for over three years. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm. See you. Have a good day. So more and more reports coming out that oh, Biden uh, is fearing that. Did I just say, oh, Biden? Did you do that on purpose? No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Obama fearing that Biden could very well lose the 24 election. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't think that Obama, Obama seems to have tried to distance himself from Joe Biden because he's been aware of what Biden has been capable of since he was in elected office. Let's not forget that very interesting drop where uh, President Obama You don't have to do this. Well, where you don't have to do this. And mm-hmm. also, he once famously said, uh, never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to fudge things up. 
except he didn't say fudge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, vanity plates. So the BMV came out with their list of rejected vanity plates. And uh, here's a phone call about that. I got to tell you a quick story. I like the segment about uh, the vanity plates. High school, I bought a 1979 Triumph Spitfire. It's yellow and black. And I parked it for 25 years. And I've got it out in the last couple of years. And got it all running and everything. And I've always called it the Yellow Jacket, so I got a hold of Georgia Tech, which their mascot is Yellow Jacket, and got the front plates, got a couple stickers for the bonnet or the fenders uh, on the hood, we would call it here in America. And I went to license grants with the intentions of about six names, like Y-E-L-O-J-K-T, whatever. So all they had was Y Jacket, so I got them. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me that when I was a kid, they used to have a billboard on a cleaning place downtown, a dry cleaners, and it said, drop your pants and jacket off here. <laughs> and I always got a chuckle ah. when I drive by there. <laughs> when I drove by there years ago in the 70s, it's still funny. And my not, my mind is not in the gutter. It's just that now I wonder if people look at my Spitfire and think the same thing. <laughs> I think the fun thing with uh, vanity plates is always to try and figure out what they're saying. What, what do they mean by that? Yeah, well, the the fun of vanity plates is when you can uh, work around the censors and get something naughty published by the state. That's they're, the true uh, entertainment good. value. They're pretty good. They don't let a lot through. One more phone call about <laughs> the uh, personalized license plates. Hey, good morning, peeps. Hey, uh, BMV, where's your sense of humor? <laughs> My wife has a uh, BMW convertible. And she wanted a vanity plate, and it was going to be topless. Mm -hmm. Not that she was going to go topless, (laughs) but the car was going to go topless. So, come on, where's your sense of humor? But if she did go topless, that would be a great take. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Those people don't have a sense of humor. Come on. (laughs) And the two things are not mutually exclusive. What's that? You can go topless with the top down. <laughs> you could. <laughs> Just make sure it's a warm day. 1046, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 11 minutes in front of 11. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall with the day off. Ethan Hatcher joining us in the studio. So let's talk about Joe Manchin. What? Talk about the bang? Oh, turn your mic on. Yeah, that's some bing right there. Oh, uh, sorry. We didn't have the mic on. Uh, The bing that Kev was playing. I love the bing. The music. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a good job today. Very thematic, by the way. Hey, you know what? I wanted to talk to you about this. I know we totally hadn't planned this, but, uh, you know, over the weekend, I was on the mission to find Springerly cookies. Yeah, I've never heard of that. What, what is, is that? that? A Springer Lee cookie. That's is that German. a type of cookie? Is it like a snickerdoodle? Or is it, it is. Okay. It's a type of cookie. It's a German cookie. It uh, has anise flavoring in it. And they make them out of... Anise mul- flavoring or anise? However you want to pronounce it. Well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I... The, it's like the black licorice flavor. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they make these cookies out of molds. And it was a way for woodworkers to show off their their wood carving skills right oh, okay oh, that's cool and they have little designs on them but um i went to uh the chris kindle mart and in carmel and i thought okay they'll have them for yeah sure. surely they would have right? something like that nope and then i had to go to the heidelberg house 
and they had them. Well, that makes sense, though. Yeah. Heidelberg House is fantastic. It is. Now, where is that? Is that in that, Carmel? No, that's on Pendleton Pike. Mm-hmm. It's oh, okay. on the, you know, kind of north, what what was that, what would that be, east side of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they serve authentic German food. Um, and the decor is also really neat and and kind of unusual and eclectic and filled with little German goodies all and over so Heidelberg House. Every little Great corner. place for a date. Yeah, it, really? Yeah. Well, because you can get a little table that's tucked in there with all the bookshelves well, and everything. Well, it's also eccentric and interesting, mm-hmm. and they serve good food. And mm-hmm. if you like German stuff, you know, it's, it's just, it's a nice place to go. Yep. Um, so you haven't been before, Kev? I don't think so. It's not a brewery. Is it just a restaurant? <laughs> just no. a restaurant. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've but been Casey, there. But Casey, they had the cookies there. They had the cookies. They had. Well, I walked in and they had four packages, so I bought all four. And then as I was shopping around, they did bring some more out. And I asked them, is this just a Christmas time thing? She said, yeah, they'll have them till maybe mid-January. You going to share? I've never had this. Oh really? Yeah, I've got some in my bag. You have some? Yes. Oh, nice. You got to try this. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll bring them in here, and okay. you guys can take a little sample. But that was always a um, I've I've never actually family had, tradition at my house. I've never had nice. a niece, so I don't I don't know what that would would. It's s- definitely a distinct flavor. I've I've only ever seen it like written down. It's mm-hmm. not something I've sampled, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah, but that Heidelberg house, that place was really cool. I mean, the the pumpernickel yes, and the rye bread, and yes, then I got a, a fresh soft pretzel right out of the oven. Oh wow! And uh, the stole that they have and the schnitzel, just all of it. You ever been just... to the uh, German meat market they have right around the corner from Garfield Park? Yeah, that's uh, Klaus's, oh, Yeah, right? Klaus German yeah, meat market, Klaus's. also a worthwhile stop. Okay. We've so... got a lot of really great ethnic mm-hmm. diversity here in Indianapolis, and the food scene is par excellence. Now, yeah. we've also gotten shout-outs. I think this is a little bit overrated, but um, uh, Shapiro's made, yeah. what was it, the top it, within the top 10 best delis in the United States, if not number one, I forget where it was positioned on that list, but it was pretty hot. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen that. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, uh, we went to the uh, Chris Kindle Mart on, was it Friday night? And right before the rain started, it was it was pretty crowded. The lines were kind of long. I did get some wonderful Belgian hot chocolate. Mm. But if you were ever going to make a Hallmark movie here in Indianapolis, would you not have it there? My goodness, that place is adorable. Was it that pretty? I've not been to the Chris oh, yeah, Kimmark. just the lights and everything. Doesn't it look yeah, like yeah, straight out of like a Hallmark a, movie? Yeah, definitely. Growing yeah. growing up as a Jehovah's Witness, of course, we weren't allowed to celebrate birthdays or Christmas or really mm-hmm. any holiday. So as an adult, it's hard to invest myself in something that is so wrapped up and entrenched in nostalgia yeah. and family. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have those happy memories of celebrating Christmas with your family and you don't have that happy nostalgia and warm feelings, like... I, I don't know. It doesn't hit the same way. Well, I would li- I would like to be more invested. You should go start making your own memories then. Yeah. And and go visit. But uh, neat neat place. But I, the Heidelberg House. Yeah, I definitely like that. And they did have the Springerly cookies, which we will all sample. Let's talk about what's going on with Joe Manchin, can we? He was dodging some questions on whether he will run for president next year as a third-party candidate. This is uh, despite lots of rumors that he may launch a bid for the White House. Uh, He hasn't stated whether he will run. Instead, he was uh, talking about his alarm over extremes in both the political left and right. And this happened with CNN's Jake Tapper, and it was during the State of the Union. But uh, here is Joe Manchin saying that there's there's no timeline on him making a decision on whether he will run for the White House. 
Do you, do you think by March you'll, you'll have an there idea? There is no timeline, Jake. There's no timeline? It's, okay. Are there you, are you really leaning towards running? It sounds, like you're, it sounds like you're leaning towards running. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. Jake, here's the thing, what I would say to any American that feels they have the ability and have the experience and, and have had that opportunity to see it up close and personal, to see the things are wrong and be able to communicate how changes and what changes need to be made. And with that, and if you don't put yourself in a position to help your country, then God help you, why are you involved in public service? And the people that are depending on a representative form of government to truly represent them are not getting represented. So I can't tell you what time frame, I can't tell you if there is a movement or if people really care or not. And even if they could work with, the, uh, with these uh, candidates that we have right now that have been announced, to let them know that they expect them to make responsible, reasonable decisions and not weaponizing and calling names and villainizing and this future of uh, spewing hatred mm -hmm. uh, and making that feel normal. That's not normal. Enough's enough, Jake. You can't continue. Words mean something and they're being used against us. Okay, so he said that there's no timeline except for the fact that, yeah, however, there is an actual timeline. Why do these people, why are they so obsessed with staying in public office? It's time to step aside. Joe Manchin has been in elected position since at least 1986. I'm sorry, 1982, when he uh, became a member of the West Virginia House of uh, uh, Delegates. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then he, you know, steadily climbed through the ranks. He became governor. He became senator. And now he's an aged man. It's time to step aside and enjoy your fruitful years in elected office and let somebody else have an opportunity. And surely he understands a third uh, a third party bid would be doomed. Joe, Joe Manchin isn't resonating with a great multitudes of Americans. Yeah, it, well, it's possible he might run with the no labels, you know. Whatever, ticket. fine, do but it. But he, he did say that he wasn't going to seek another term. Yes, he's already retiring. Right. Do it. Just, just walk away. Just stay retired. Uh, but unless he feels, you know, the need that he's being called, that, that we need Nobody's him. calling Joe Manchin. Nope, you don't think so? No. Okay, uh, let's talk about this other poll. This is a Fox News poll. Donald Trump, Nikki Haley would both beat Joe Biden in a general election. However, if it were Ron DeSantis, he would tie. How is that possible? That what, Nikki Haley? Which part? The, which all part? of it. All of it. The fact that Nikki Haley would beat him, but DeSantis doesn't. Uh -huh. What is so unattractive about his very successful record in Florida? I do not understand. I don't get it either. But there's something there's something with something him that the people water. find very egregious about him that he is just not connecting with people. But Nikki Haley is? It's the fluoride. It's eating away at people's brain cells. You think that's what it is? <laughs> but... It must be. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so you, I think the interesting thing, though, it doesn't matter if it's Donald Trump or Nikki Haley. According to this poll, they both beat Joe Biden. And then Ron DeSantis ties. So well, isn't that it's the just, goal? just another example of how awful things are going for Joe Biden. Isn't that the goal, though? Like, ultimately, we want to defeat Joe Biden. So mm -hmm. the question is, do we believe the polls? Because historically, polls have let us down. Mm -hmm. Okay, something that happened over the weekend, which was uh, very good for the Purdue Boilermakers. On Saturday at the Indy Classic, the Boilermakers beat the Arizona Wildcats 92 to 84. Yeah. Go sports. <laughs> Boilermakers are now 10 and 1 on the season. It is one minute away from 11. It's the Kendall and Casey show. It's 93 WIBC.
Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. 